Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hi, guys. Well, from the world's largest skating rink <laughs> in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Coming up on today's episode, um, not I mean, we're not experts on the topic, but we're going to talk about Scientology. We're not experts on any topic. Oh, Dan. Let's be legit here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna delve we're gonna, into. We're gonna jump into some. What we are kind of experts on is sort of that whole like having a mind fuck of a religion, yeah, that you're a part of, yeah, and uh, and so yeah, we're we're digging into that a little bit. But of course, we got all our, all our normal normal stuff for you coming up. Oh, there's nothing normal. <laughs> well, it's, all, it's all a bunch of abnormal. Well, up, well, up in here, okay, up in her. <laughs> really. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. We got a... Uh, I was going to... I got a follow-up. Oh, to, do you? To a story we did a little bit ago. Really? Um, you remember the story that we did about women wearing pants to Mormon church? Yeah. That As seems a, like a bad idea. <laughs> you, you don't approve? I don't approve. <laughs> I think they need to know their place. <laughs> and, I, and I think they need to wear a dress. I think... Or skirt. Skirt, skirt will work. I th- I, th- I think you've just described the majority <laughs> opinion of the Mormon Church. Oh, really? Well, not only the majority opinion. So, okay. So the thing is that uh, there's nothing in Mormonism that says you can't wear pants as a woman to church. There's abs- no. they have no yeah. prohibition on pants. In fact, Brigham, as we've commented before, Brigham Young actually designed a uh, a desert outfit for the women of the church mm. that included wearing uh, basically plant pants under. Under a dress. Under a dress, yeah. Long bloomers of sorts. <laughs> but anyways. But, the, uh, so, but a bunch of women decided that they were going to wear pants, not as a protest as much as uh, um, just a visibility of Mormon feminism sort, mm, of, right. sort of thing. Yeah, um, just to say, we're here. But Mormon, fem- we're women. Fe- Mormon feminism in itself is kind of a protest. Just to be a Mormon and believe that women should... Yeah, get anything more, con- any more consideration than they get is uh, is, right. a, is a protest. Right. <laughs> well, so there's been some okay. response to this whole pants thing. Oh, really? Okay. Including uh, most recently, Elaine Dalton, who is the general president of the LDS Church's Young Women's Organization. Oh, okay. Uh, Young Women's is uh, not it's it's the teens, the teens and tweens. Uh, Young women's, yeah, of, it starts at twelve of the church, goes to eighteen, right? Yeah, uh, and uh, they, you know, the, it's it's its own little organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this general president of the Young Women's, she said that um, uh, basically um, this. Oh, and this was in a devotional address at Brigham Young University. Devotional, just meaning I don't know, a talk. Well, it was at BYU. Uh huh. Was it a campus-wide devotional? Uh, one of the, one of the biggins in the in the Marriott Center. I think so. And they 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 televised them. Yeah, yeah. I think across so. Across the the BYU campus, and uh, and she addressed the young women of the church, and she said, "Quote, young women, you will be the ones who will provide the example of virtuous womanhood and motherhood." You will continue to be virtuous, lovely, praiseworthy, and of good report. You will also be the ones to provide an example of family life in a time when families are under attack. Oh, that's so true. Being redefined and de- and disintegrating. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. You will understand your roles and your responsibilities, and thus you will see no need 
to lobby for rights. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> aren't That's they cute. cute? That's cute. Oh, that poor precious thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she uh, she doesn't think that they need any more rights than they've already got. They've got <laughs> they've got the right to bear children. Yeah, what more do they need? And arms. Mm. I don't. I don't. That's know more that. their husband's place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can see a little, <laughs> little woman out in the prairie. Sure. My my yeah. wife shoots guns. Yeah. Not not frequently. She's no. just been known to. Really? In fact, I don't think she and I have ever been shooting. Oh. We'll have to go out shooting sometime. Oh, you yeah, you need to. <laughs> I enjoy the, it. It's fun. The the couple that shoots together. Uh survives the zombie apocalypse together <laughs> or something oh goodness yeah well, isn't he, that cute that how they cute. uh they they, they they don't want the girls protesting yeah learn learn while you're young that to know your place yeah that's that's the answer do you know what else is cute what legos 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 yeah dan have you um also cute star wars legos Mm-hmm. Right, love the Star Wars Legos. Sure. Um, apparently, though, a group of Austrian Turks oh. is up in arms about um, a uh, the uh, the Star Wars. It's uh, what is it? Jabba's Jabba's castle. Jabba's Jabba's palace. Jabba's palace. I yeah. already knew that. I didn't even have to look. <laughs> I am a bit of a Star Wars nerd. So, um, apparently, the uh, Jabba's Palace uh, bears a striking resemblance to the Hagia Sophia in Istanbul. (laughs) Really? Yes. A former... Well, first, it was built as a uh, Christian basilica. Okay. Or basilica. I always say it with the... Yeah, anyways. It's not Italian. Uh, We're not in Italy, I know. I know. I just... Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, an Ita- or, uh, a Christian basilica, and then it was turned into it was turned into um, a mosque, and then in uh, the 1940s it was turned into a museum. Okay, so it's no longer a functioning mosque, but nonetheless, it's this huge, important um, Muslim symbol, right? Yeah, but it was u- used sorts. to be Christian. But in, before that, it was Christian. <laughs> okay, but but whatever, what have you? Um, What's it so- called? It's H A G I A, the Hagia Sophia, um, and that's with an F. Yeah, and uh, and yeah. So so, anyways. Oh, it does kind of look like Jabba's palace. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, this group of Austrian Turks (laughs) has like, I mean, they are. They've written letters. They are all super upset at Legos um, because. they refer to uh, Jabba the Hutt in this. So this is, quote, this is from a statement from the organization's website. It says, quote, the terrorist Jabba the Hutt likes to smoke a hookah and have his victims killed. It is clear that the ugly figure of Jabba in the whole scene smacks of racial prejudice and vulgar <laughs> insinuations against Asians and Orientals as people with deceitful and criminal personalities. Wow. Yeah. No, don't they realize that Jabba's palace is from before the racist comment, the racist character uh, era of Star Wars? Yeah, that's all the prequels. Well, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far. It has nothing to do with yeah Islam. No, obviously no. And and Jabba clearly, actually, I don't think you could make an argument that Jabba is actually slug. a reference to anything. Yeah, 
I think some I, of I always I always saw him as a symbol of like like he was just like a, a like a um, a businessman, right? Yeah, he, not, he was like a free ca- ultimate free market capitalist if, in my mind. Well, no, if anything, he's a mafioso. Oh, they call him a gangster throughout the throughout the films. <laughs> Do they? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He's a mafioso. Oh, okay. He's Italian. I don't know what they're bugging about. Hmm. Anyways, the other thing is that if you look if you look at the prequels, I think cases could be made for actual references to to different races oh yeah in the first one there's the 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 junk the junk yard owner who's like flying around but he he definitely seems like he's like some reference to lebanese yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know why lebanese (laughs) and there's and and then there's the the people at the beginning who, who feel very asian anyway it it's all it all smacks it. and then there's Jar Jar going Misa Yusa yeah that one was that one obviously yeah. yeah so but but Jabba come on Turks yeah no but Austro-Turks. seriously though I have to say now now Lego's official response back um, this is uh, uh, Catherine Sass I'm assuming is how you say her last name she's a public relations manager uh, working on behalf of Lego. Uh, she, of course, denied any link between Jabba's Palace and the mosque. Uh, the the Lego Star Wars product, Jabba's Palace, does not reflect any actually existing buildings, people, or the mentioned mosque, she says. The Lego minifigures are all modeled on characters from the movie. Right. We regret that the product has caused the members of the Turkish cultural community to come to a wrong interpretation, <laughs> but point out that when... Designing the product, only the fictional content of the Star Wars saga were referred to. Mm. I think I, you know, it's interesting. So Lego saying if it if it if it has that, then it was George Lucas, right? Yeah, which they should be saying. Yeah, that's that, exactly yeah. right. What I didn't realize, you know, I was looking at the, uh, the 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 Turkish building, and I and and sort of it did call to mind Jabba's palace. Now I've looked up the the actual Lego thing. The one thing that I thought Jabba's palace. Or that I thought the Hagia Sophia had that Jabba's Palace didn't have was these minarets. It has tall minarets Mm. on four corners. Well, it looks like the Lego thing does have a tower. It does have a tower. They said that that actually, that tower specifically looks like a tower in Beirut. Huh. Um, And and so they they feel that it's been, that they, that specifically, I I assume some art designer, Mm. um, some art director or whatever, at on, on the Star Wars films, had looked to um, Islam, mm. it's the Islamic world and Islamic architecture. Even though the Hagia Sophia is Christian, it's Byzantine architecture. Right. I, I'm guessing the minarets were added on. The minarets came, were added when it yeah. came. Up it was also stripped of ornamentation, obviously. Oh, oh okay. Um, yeah. A lot of a lot of what the what, what was originally there was destroyed or covered up. I think they've done a lot of, if I remember correctly. Um, they've removed a lot of the, 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 the materials that were used to cover. So, mm. so, so a lot of mosaics and whatnot were actually still there. Okay. It. Um, well, that's nice. And yeah, they've done a lot of restoration on it to celebrate, mm. you know, this amazing piece of, you know, architecture. History. History. It's historical. Yeah. I mean, it's, Mu- it's much like Jabba's palace. <laughs> <laughs> Which has a historical. It, well, it was, sure. It's from a long time ago. Yeah, the 70s? And a galaxy far, far away. Los Angeles? Correct. 
<sighs> okay, well, I, I, I want to talk to you about a uh, a clergy sex abuse scandal. Oh, these happen. They happen a lot. Yeah. Um, this one, and normally I wouldn't even bother to report on it because it's so commonplace. Mm-hmm. This one has a couple twists that I wanted to bring up. Mm. Uh, the first twist is that it's Jewish. You just don't hear about that very much. Okay. Um, I don't know if he's technically clergy. I should be careful about that. Who is he? Um, his name is Nehemiah uh, Weberman or Weberman or whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> is part of the deal. But uh, he's... I like that you tried, though. Yeah, sure. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> he's from Brooklyn. Okay. Um, ultra-Orthodox. Okay. And uh, and he is an unlicensed therapist. Oh. Okay. Because apparently they don't believe in therapy. Okay. Or at least not licensed therapy. <laughs> Their problem is with licensed therapists. If there's some kind of state board that approved right, then, you being a therapist, I'm okay. sorry, we cannot participate. Here's the thing. So, uh, so yeah, he people are uh, trusting this guy... And they sent their 12-year-old daughter to him, mm. uh, and he apparently abused her oh, for years. Years. Wow. Um, he's now been uh, convicted and sentenced uh, to the maximum, almost almost the maximum sentence he could possibly get. Really? And this is on multiple counts. Okay. He's been convicted. So his sentence is 103 years in jail. Wow. Good luck. Yeah. He's not getting out of jail ever. Um, but gosh, you know, here's the thing. This is, again, what I, the reason I bring this up is because what we're talking about here is the harm that is done when you trust your religion more than and, – and, and you keep out mm. uh, societal protections. Yeah. When you when you keep it within the religion and then and and trust that God's going to help you, yeah. And apparently, he claimed that what he was doing was to, uh, mm-hmm. like, he told her uh, that what he was doing was 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 to, I don't know, where was it? Some kind of like was it supposed to be some kind of therapy that he yeah, was doing? Yeah, it was. He was. He, I mean. I don't think that the sex abuse was actually part of the therapy, but but he claimed that the, the the therapy that he was giving her was to get her, you know, secular thoughts out of her head and bring her into the religion and blah blah blah. Huh. Um, huh. I, I yeah. Well done. Yeah. Good job. I'm sure you uh, you've inspired her to uh, to keep up her religious uh, <laughs> practices. I wonder if she'll stay in the religion. Hmm. That's an interesting question. But yeah, I mean, it's just... When people say, what's the harm in religion? I think... Well, I mean, is that fair to say? I mean, I'm saying this is this is not guaranteed to happen, but right. it's one of the possibilities. It's one of the things that, that happens when something... Ha- when when there's the cover of religion, when, when you... When you trust your religious authority more than your state authority, and when you when a religion hides behind itself, you know, and not when, even necessarily state authority, but when you uh, tried about, and true, 
you know, sort of tested. Right. And it's not like <laughs> it's not like secular therapists haven't done this. Oh, yeah, sure. But there are plenty of <clears throat> power corrupts right. a lot of times. Right. But but I mean, how likely is it? It seems likely to me that this girl might have been might have been more willing to talk to her parents about it, might have been more willing to go to someone else about the abuse. Hmm. If if she didn't think that it was somehow God uh, approved, or if she, if, you know, he probably used God as a way of, uh, and and this is just me speculating. This is entirely speculation. I need to be clear about that. But the fact, but he, I mean, I'm guessing he said, you know, you can't tell anybody. This is, you know, this is, I'm religious. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, Shh, don't <laughs> tell anyone. <laughs> I'm religious. It's okay. I'm, don't worry. I'm going to guess that th- those weren't his exact words. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. Uh, I think we understand I, I, what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, 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 kinda, I'm picking up on what, what you're saying. Anyway. That, that, that it would be very easy for somebody in that position to use their religious position. Right. To, to silence the, the right. their victim. The, to, to, to create a sense of greater authority than a therapist right. necessarily right. normally would have. God told, God is, is on my side, so don't tell anybody or God will be angry at you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. God's a pretty powerful uh, tool. Yeah. Hmm. You just said God's a tool. <laughs> and I meant it. <laughs> well, Dan, um, I think you'll be glad to hear... Um, that we live in neither, well, actually, well, you'll be glad to hear that we don't, that we do not live in the most Bible-minded city. No, we live in the most, well, our city is actually probably more secular than the rest of Utah, but, uh, yeah, but, it, but Utah, Utah. Utah. Utah is very Book of Mormon-minded <laughs> and less Bible-minded. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> you, but but I'm guessing you're going to tell me more about Bible well, yeah, cities. Uh, California, the California-based Barna Group, uh, together with the American Bible Society, um, have decided somehow that um, Knoxville, Tennessee, is America's most Bible-minded city. Oh, um, at least based on regular Bible reading <sighs> and and belief in the accuracy. Of the good book. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we have Knoxville. Um, do you want to guess some of the other cities that are on the list? I love doing this when we have lists. Are these cities Are these cities of a certain guess, size? You wouldn't guess any of these. Um, would you guess Shreveport, Louisiana is number two? <laughs> or that Chattanooga, Tennessee is number three? I would know that they would have to be medium-sized cities. They can't be full-on huge metropolitan mm, areas. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess number four? Mobile. Not far off. Birmingham. Okay. Um, after that? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Clarksdale, Mississippi. Hey, Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. <laughs> so far, you're good for states. Next one? It's, it's uh, 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 Plains, Georgia. No. Springfield, Missouri. Oh. Charlotte, North Carolina. Roanoke, Lynchburg, Virginia. Followed by Huntsville. Alabama. Okay. And then Charleston, West Virginia. Oh. Um, those are the most Bible-minded. And then the least Bible-minded, which I have to say Salt Lake should have shown up on this list. No, no. Salt Lake is pretty Bible-minded. I would imagine that we don't read our Bibles. Well, Mormons yeah, don't yeah. read the Bible. They, they're they supposed to. They, mm, maybe. Every fourth year they read the Bible. <laughs> 
right? He's, sure. They, they focus. They have the, the four. Their four sacred books right, every year. They focus right. on a different. Well, one. except that. Oh no! Uh, two, they do two Old Testament and then, and then they do New, New Testament. New Testament. That's right. right. Anyways, um, the least Bible-minded city. I already said that, right? Seattle. No, Providence, Rhode Island. Oh. Followed by, excuse me, uh, Albany, New York. Okay. Burlington, Vermont. Oh. Uh, Portland, Maine. Hartford, New Haven, Connecticut. Boston, Massachusetts. That whole area is San just... San Francisco's number seven. Evil. That whole northeast area is just evil. Oh, they're godless. Um, oh, and of course San Francisco. Yeah. And then number eight is Phoenix. What? I, Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix. Huh. They don't read their Bible because they're always driving their car. <laughs> That's why they don't read very much. Uh, number nine, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Number ten, Buffalo, New York. Huh. Yeah. I, I, it is interesting that no major market cities showed up on either showed up on either list. Yeah. What does that say about America? It and says our Bible that, it reading. Says, <laughs> it says our major urban areas are good mixes. Hmm. It's a good mix. Hmm. That's interesting. Everybody, yeah. It's a moderate hmm. thing. Hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have an opinion one way or the other. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyways, I always find it interesting. I love lists. You do love lists. I love lists. I always read. The, I always flip through. <laughs> Huffington Post always gets me. I will click through all the photos, and I know all I'm doing is just giving them clicks. Right, right, right. right. I'm sitting there. I'm clicking. I'm like, oh, look at that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> really? I was clicking through a list. Cupcakes are America's favorite treat. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> I was clicking through a list of uh, child stars then and now. Oh yeah, yeah. But it got oh, oh and a list of Bond <laughs> girls, one, Bond girls then and now. Oh, that's a good one. Except that then they started to do like the most recent Bond girls, the ones from like Quantum <laughs> of Solace. I'm like, yeah, she looks the same. It was six years ago. Why is she on there? <laughs> like Halle Berry, we know what Halle Berry yeah, looks like. Yeah, we haven't really lost tabs on her. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But the older ones were were very interesting. Hmm. Were there any that had like? Really not aged well? You'd be like, yeah. really? She was a Bond girl? Yeah. Well, there were a couple that weren't that good looking back when they were Bond girls. Oh, really? There were a couple that you're just like, really? Huh. Is it just tastes have changed? Because she... I don't huh. see it. Yeah. Was, yeah. Anyway. Was Karen Black ever a Bond girl? I don't think so. <laughs> Who was it that was a Bond girl that I hadn't realized had been a Bond girl? Oh, I can't think of it. Anyway. Hmm. Hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> I got a nice little, a, a tantalizing little irony that was sent to me by somebody on the Facebooks. Mm. Um, it's to do with uh, a woman who was seven months pregnant with twin boys and felt sick and went to the hospital. Um, and she was uh, she she was not doing well at all. Medical staff tried to resuscitate her, but. Uh, as became clear only later, um, a main artery feeding her lungs was clogged, and the oh. clog, lo- clog led to a massive heart attack. Oh, my God. Her obstetrician uh, also happened to be the obstetrician on call for emergencies that night, oh. but didn't answer a page. Oh. Oh, God. So she died, and her twins died. Oh, in my the God. So. Okay, so. This kind what... of thing happens every day. But yeah. What makes this special is... That in the wrongful death suit filed by her husband, 
the uh, the hospital, which is run by the uh, Catholic Health Initiatives, is claiming that he can only file wrongful death on her behalf and not for the unborn twins. Okay. Because they're not people yet. <gasps> the Catholics are claiming this? <laughs> or at least their lawyers are. Yep. Ooh. Whoa. Ain't that something? Huh. So... So they effectively, yeah. I mean, that's I that that that's the that's, that's the gist the, of it. That's the gist of it. Wow, that's that's really that's that's fascinating. They've so far won decisions from the Catholics have won decisions from the uh, the county district court judge. Uh, that's what. Why would they be doing that besides saving a lot of money? It's the money thing. Of course, they want to save money. They could they <laughs> they could be out millions. But, they, but they're gonna set legal precedent yeah. in order to save money they might actually set precedent here uh-huh <laughs> or maybe there already is a precedent that they're building on i mean who knows but yeah what I... the hell <laughs> what that kills me yeah it's, it's that seems like really short-sighted for their movement it, that they'd want to even participate in that argument. Uh, you know, it, when when it comes down to a case like this, uh money's pretty potent stuff. Wow, Catholics. <sighs> Don't do that. Well, do that. Do just we'll see. Just be consistent. That's all I ask <laughs> of the Catholics. That's all I want is consistency. Yeah. Wow. I I don't I I, I almost have no comment. It just stands. It really as, speaks for itself on its own. It? It's just like, hmm, okay. <laughs> Guess that's where you stand then. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Dan, mm-hmm. for just shutting us up. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, this is an interesting story uh, that comes to us from France. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Twitter, uh, according to a uh, a court decision. Uh, in France, of course, uh, Twitter uh, must identify racist, anti-Semitic posters now in that country. Mm. Um, and this goes to this is sort of based in the, in, <clears throat> in the fact that they that they have a lot of restrictions on on speech, right? In 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 their and there's so you can't hate speech is not allowed, right? Um, and so the um, there's uh, the Union of Jewish Students. It's a French advocacy group. Um, has um, put pressure on onto onto Twitter. They didn't really respond, and so they took them to court. And uh, they want the identifying information so that it, they can be pursued legally. Right. Um, Here's the thing, though. I mean, I know that Twitter like will have these people's like some of their information. But it's pretty easy to create a Twitter account and not really well, put your real information in. I, I think the important thing is they have IP addresses. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's. I mean, there, there, there are ways to track people down. Is it, and, is, so the lesson uh, that you should learn if you're in France is, if you're going to use a Twitter account, do it from a public. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to use a Twitter account for hate speech and and have a fake. Um, put have all your information be falsified. Right. I mean, all that would happen is your. I mean, Twitter would probably take down your account, right. suspend your account, and that yeah, kind of stuff. Of course. But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, I mean, from the United States perspective, it seems kind of odd. Odd. Yeah. Um, we're to, allowed to hate people in this country. Well, and we're allowed to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think they're allowed to hate in France. They just can't 
say that they do. Oh, they're, they're good at hating in France. <laughs> they, you're just not allowed to say <laughs> anyway, anti-Semitic things. Um, what is interesting, of course, is that the decision, the court decision, actually um, has uh, inspired a uh, rash of new uh, uh, anti-Semitic messages. Of course Twitter. it has. Of course it has. <laughs> and so it's just, I mean, I really think that the, the power of, of free speech is that it, it usually, like, okay, so if a group like Frank Phelps group, where they go around, they pick it at, like, uh, the funerals, Westboro? the Westboro Baptist people. Yeah. You know, they... Uh, Fred Phelps. Fred Phelps, sorry. Um, that that they um, they'll pick it at uh, funerals of military and um, they'll they they famously picketed you know like Matthew Shepard's mm-hmm. funeral and that kind of stuff. Um, they um, the the power of just letting those groups go is that they just keep looking fringe. They just sort of yeah. They just keep doing their thing, but they're totally on the fringe. We can talk about it. We can um, solidify our opinions against them. People can do. Things like you know they'll, they'll they'll have like the angel groups that will like create little human corridors to block right you know and so like there, there's like there's a way to respond there's a way to respond in a positive way and I mean I know that there's a history in Europe that has led them to limit things like you know hate speech right um, but it's it's really kind of it just it's a little bizarre to me yeah. It's, it, I think I think it's about just letting it happen, letting it go out there and facing it. Yeah, you know? it, and when it goes underground, that's when it really festers that's and when it boils. Kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. If you, if you if if you allow it out in the open and you say, "Hey, come on out and say all everybody say what you got to say," and then the entire society like looks at you and goes, "No, fuck you. That's wrong." Yeah. That's that's the potent message. Yeah, yeah. Rather but, than just but, using, but the yeah, power I mean, of... you get these, you get these like these groups. You know, you get your KKK or your, you know, some fringe crazy neo Nazi group up mm-hmm. in Idaho or something. And the longer they stay quiet and amongst themselves, mm-hmm. the more it builds, the more it bubbles, the more it broils until they go and do something. Right. Well, and then. You have a collection of the true fanatics, right? The true crazies, because those are the people who are willing to truly go underground. If it stays out in the open, I would think that that like that concentration of crazy just wouldn't happen. You'd have your more casual people mixing who would never cross certain lines. I would hope um, mixing with you know with the real fanatics. I mean, mm. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like, I don't want to like you know. Far be it for me to to criticize the french <laughs> on on anything i don't see um, how anyone could criticize french the n- french no no of course not um but um but yeah it's it's it is really interesting yeah I, you know whatever there's no right there's there's, there's no society. right yeah you're you're right but there are some distinctly wrong ways to do society yeah but uh hmm yeah. Well, anyways, the the best part about this story is that I did spare everybody my bad French pronunciation of the hashtags <laughs> that oh, they're using. Wait a minute. I need to know these. What are they? <laughs> uh, un bon juif. A good Jew. Uh, that's hashtag un bon juif. Uh, and then there's hashtag si mon fille est gay. Because there, there's if my son is gay is another one that's being used. Oh. Um, and that they were bringing up, is, you know, whatever. Um, and hashtag Simon Fee Remen 
un noir uh, if my daughter brings home a black guy. Oh my god! Yeah. So I mean, these are bad. I mean, this is this is real hate speech. Right? Yeah. Um, there, there's no denying that. Um, it's just it's sticks and stones, though. You know. Yeah. It, it... Twitter. I'm gonna start trolling Twitter for hate, and just <laughs> just learn what hate is out there in the world. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I mean, we do live in a weird little bubble. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all do. We we create these little spheres where we have people that we um, socialize with who basically have very similar or compatible worldviews. Mm. You know, we I mean, we don't go outside of our bubbles. We don't actually confront. And so sometimes I know it can. I I probably come off incredibly naive about some of these things. Maybe I don't. You know, I. It's not like we're. You know, we read the the paper. We we. You know figuratively the the online paper we 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 stay up on our news yeah but man you know you just don't encounter truly hateful people and and truly hateful people if we do meet them they're not gonna spill the beans to us right well and the times that that i have seen truly hateful people they're caricatures of of hateful they're the people who stand outside of gay pride Mm. right you Mm -hmm. know with their little signs and spew the most ridiculous stuff imaginable (laughs) which i'm imagining that a lot of these tweets are probably analogous to those yeah you know that they're that they're 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 totally not even closely like of course they're not accurate of course they're not you know um looking for honesty in their criticism of the jewish community (laughs) right right Right. (laughs) or the the gay community or of yeah, they're looking for what they see as honesty. Yeah, I mean, I guess on some level they probably believe that they're being honest. A lot of them are probably just trollers, though. Yeah, you know, there's, they're just out there, that. just making comments just to to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Well, if you want to troll us, make a comment, and get a rise out of us, there are ways to do that. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Our listeners, they can. Oh, do this. hey, yeah. They could call us. They yeah. They can call us at uh, eight oh no, not eight oh one. No, <laughs> no. They can call us at four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yeah, and leave a voicemail, mm-hmm. or you can email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist dot com, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook dot com slash atheist and like us. Yeah, and also you know, um, people can leave reviews on. On the um, on the iTunes, yeah, we're learning about how iTunes works now, yeah. and apparently you have to. Or keep... we think we are. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> in order for us to be like to show up on people's searches and stuff, you guys have to all get out there and keep reviewing us and keep giving us, you know, your, our stars and well, whatever. I, mean, I think if you've already reviewed us, that's oh yeah, great. That's, that's all you get. But you don't have you, to. You get one keep sh- going back. You get one chance at it, but right. uh, but those of you who haven't. It would. It's it, apparently it helps us out a lot if you go ahead and do yeah. that. It helps other people find us because it's showing activity, right, about us on iTunes. And I mean, who knows it's how a these pain in the butt. I don't want to. I don't want to have to put pressure on our listeners to go and review us. No, but, but it's nice, you know. If you do it, it's really nice. Yeah. So and we, we appreciate do it. appreciate it, of course. Indeed. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break, um, and we're going to listen in on. Where is it? Oh, this guy, uh, Matt Barber. Um, And I didn't really know who he was when I came across this video. So I looked him up, and he is something of a conservative Christian badass. (laughs) Boxer. He's like like an undefeated heavyweight boxer. He was a a police officer. He was in the National Guard. He has a law degree from 
a uber Christian university, mm-hmm. um, so forth and so on. But anyway, so he's kind of he's like the best and the brightest, I guess, of 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 what they have. And he's punchy, and and he punches people. He could he could punch. He could just lay flat. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, uh, here's what he has to say about. Um, well, let's just listen. It's good. It's self-explanatory. All right. Yeah, you know, I've been talking with a, a person one time who was saying that we needed more funding uh, to find a cure for AIDS. I, I asked this person if they were pro-choice, pro-abortion. They said, absolutely. I said, well, you know, there's probably a really good chance that whoever it was that was going to find the cure for AIDS, that, that you and those who support uh, the killing of, of the unborn child, that that person has already been slaughtered in the womb. <laughs> Oh my there's God. a good chance there's a really good chance because <laughs> we we abort you know what you, the problem is that, that abortions usually happen to the people that we're going to save everybody yes yeah that's, that's true that's how satan works yeah he's so clever he's that he really, makes really, he really makes really people ab- abort the best and the brightest of yeah. the uh of the fetuses yeah Never the bad ones. No. Never the Hitlers. Those right. we were talking about this. <laughs> and you know, I was pointing out to Frank that the um that the uh the the anti abortion groups for a while there there was this campaign of like uh you know, you'd they they'd present this scenario where it was like you know, a young mother who is single and doesn't have any money and she's living on the street and she gets pregnant and she's a prostitute and should she abort that baby because she, she can't take care of it? And if you said yes, congratulations, you just killed Einstein. <laughs> or, what, you know, whatever. They they just come up with some celebrity that is supposed to be universally good and right. you know, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. The Dalai Lama. Right, yeah. You, yeah, you, just, <laughs> you just killed somebody, Winston Churchill. Congratulations. <laughs> he didn't. Right. No. Yeah, I doubt it, his description. No. Was, American heiress mother and right yeah but but what's funny is that you never hear about like you know you just you know would you abort this this baby no well you just saved Hitler congratulations (laughs) (laughs) hope hope you're happy with yourself if that had been aborted millions of Jews would be alive today yeah good job yeah Mm. you never hear that one no you never hear it Anyway, yeah. well, to it is it is a shame it is. how much innovation and uh, and uh, <sighs> and technology we are missing out on because of all them aborted babies. Yeah, I know. You, I mean, you just never know. You never know what 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 a child could do. Mm. We could yeah. we could have our first, you know, I don't know, woman, black black Asian woman president. <laughs> lesbian lesbian yeah yeah we could we, she's so fucking amazing she would she's she w- so amazing she would have woman. united the country absolutely everybody and and she's an evangelical she would have brought peace to the middle east she's, yeah she, but she's she's a liberal evangelical lesbian no she's a cons- she's a uh she's, she's a centrist she brings everyone together uh, oh Okay, I thought we were going for oh, okay. all the extreme groups, or not extreme groups, but all sort of very marginalized groups, or extreme, right? Mixed together. I was one. just, I'm, yeah. Who knows? Just, the, just a complete contradiction of a human being, right? And we aborted her. It's really sad. societally speaking. 
<laughs> we, we, the the royal we. No, no, not, it's not that. Not that at all. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> you know, some of our listeners have written into us, and and we should we should answer them. Yeah, I'm thinking probably complaining about conversations <laughs> just like this one. <laughs> Well, which one do you have? Uh, I got Jason. Jason wrote in um, from Panama. We've heard from Jason a bit. Yeah. Uh, and we always Hi, Jason. Ap- appreciate hearing mm-hmm. from him. Uh, he says this time, uh, back in college, he says, I heard a few buddies of mine studying in the biochemistry department um, that under the influence of certain psychotropic substances, uh, mushrooms, acid, and the like, they have felt a religious experience. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one of you mentioned an experience with mushrooms some sometime on an episode about Burning Man. What do you both think of that? Mm. Seems to me to show that certain parts of our brain can be fiddled with to make us feel a divine connection to something. Perhaps then, under certain social stimuli, church services, or one-on-one situations, meditation, we are, we are able to alter these sections of our brain, too. I don't mean to equate prayer to a drug trip. But it seems to me that <laughs> that historically, <laughs> drugs have been used as a as a manner to connect with uh, the spirit and with and the gods. I know that within my own community in Panama, the mm-hmm. Ngabe people. Why is there an umlaut over that a? I don't know. Mm, I don't know. How to interesting. Pronounce. Anyway, the Ngabe people uh, drink cacao to rid themselves of demons. All sorts of plants and animals have been used in the past and presently for the purpose of spiritual exploration. Mm-hmm. What are your opinions on that? <clears throat> is it a load of waffle, he says? Is there something to it, or is it something in between? Uh, huh. That's well, a great I, question. I think, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I've experienced some crazy We we crazy, don't crazy we, shit. we don't admit to any... Uh, illegal activities no but i've experienced crazy shit yes that's as far as i'm willing oh what the hell i admit to it i've I've totally done (laughs) mushrooms um you know the thing is and i've done other other psychotropic drugs as well Mm. um i including the one that is said most to make you see the spirit world Ooh, did what did you see dan uh a lot of geometric forms and uh, some, mm. I mean, the thing is, here's the deal. I have a friend who really believes this, really mm-hmm. believes that the psychotropic drugs take him to a place that is a different uh, sphere, a different realm. Mm. And he really believes that he connects with something beyond this realm mm. when it happens. And, and, and he... I mean, he he does ayahuasca ceremonies with shamans. Oh my! And uh, it, it, it's important to him, right? I think it's brain chemistry. Oh, absolutely! I think you experience some, and and I think Jason's absolutely right. You fuck around with brain chemistry, yeah. and uh, you're going to have weird experiences. Yeah, it's like well, people people naturally who have obvious brain chemistry issues, you know. Mm. All on their own, hear voices and sure. um, ex- have experiences that are, uh, and they may not necessarily be brain chemistry per se, but just brain issues that cause their brain to work differently 
they perceive angels and hear voices and well or, and, or demons it's, or it's, whatever it's temporal lobe epilepsy yeah exactly temporal lobe epilepsy uh causes people to believe to to feel like they've connected to angels to feel like they've that that they you know that they've talked to god mm-hmm. all sorts of things and even people who know that they have temporal lobe epilepsy and know that people who have epi- who have that have these experiences still believe Mm. That they've got this connection to something, right? Exactly. I get it. I mean, it's in your brain when right. when you when you experience There's nothing something, else for you to experience, right? When you experience There's no something. other level of perception that right. could possibly happen. Yeah, right. So you, it's it is your experience. You yeah. really did experience yeah. something, absolutely. But what is that something? Is that something a connection to another realm, or is it your brain made something up because you put a bunch of chemicals in it, right? Having experienced it, having, you know, tried some stuff, I there's nothing in it that would lead me to believe that I I actually experienced something otherworldly or other realm mm. realmly mm. or that there were beings from another dimension yeah. that I encountered. That's just that seems so silly to me. Yeah. But people believe it, people buy it. Yeah. And I think that and I, th- I think that Jason's right to connect it to spiritual experiences that we have on a more on a more toned down scale mm. in the theater of a church or right. in because yeah I mean you can get yourself all worked up oh you get yourself wildly worked mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. and and you I know, remember getting myself worked <clears throat> up at EFY oh yeah uh-huh. especially for youth uh-huh. it's a Mormony thing yeah yep. I was just saying, I remember. That. Yeah, I got I mean, myself I, I worked totally up. I totally got myself sure. worked up. I was like, "Why? What's wrong with me? I'm not really feeling anything." Yeah, you, you, and, and then, then I sat there and I was like, "Well, let me think about it for a minute." And then I thought about it for a minute, and all the kids around me were just crying. Uh-huh. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I was crying too. Yeah, you just... <laughs> this is what the spirit feels like. Right, right, and it's the like, music no, starts to crying. play. Well, and you're a teenager, so mm-hmm. you've got hormones coursing mm-hmm. through you and you know yeah. you've got your emotional anyway mm-hmm. it's you know you get enough people you get a group mentality thing going yeah and you get enough like you get music and then you get you know sort of chance of things happening mm-hmm. or whatever and yeah people start you start to feel things mm-hmm. yeah yeah there you go thanks jason yeah thanks all right i've got one from uh valia hmm. um who writes about, um, well, she, she says, first of all, thanks for telling us about your experiences leaving Mormonism. Um, in one aspect, it is the complete antithesis to leaving Catholicism. <laughs> Specifically, you can't. Seriously, I've tried. Um, so, um, so anyways, she uh, recounts um, writing a letter to the bishop of the diocese where she had been baptized identifying herself as an apostate and an atheist right and detailing all the reasons why she is not a catholic um she says that she went point by point through the nicene creed um (laughs) which is the definitive statement of faith for all members of the church explaining how there's not a single element of the creed which with which i agree right um and she says my arguments were exhaustive um and uh and she expressed a wish for a uh, to complete a formal act of defection, an actus formalis defectionis 
ad ecclesia catholica, okay, <laughs> and cited specific canons and notations within the church's code of canon law and the pontifical council for legislative texts, um, basically to say that she did her homework. Right. She knew the right way to phrase this for the Catholic hierarchy to say, I, I'm not Catholic. Right. Right. Um, in response, she received a letter. Uh, she says, I received a letter from a functionary in that diocese that said, basically, we got your letter. No acknowledgement, <laughs> no response to anything I had written. Um, request denied or ignored, apparently. It seems that there is no way out. Not even when following and satisfying their legal procedures. Yeah. And here's the thing that, that struck me when I was reading that is that, uh, Valia, you were following their procedures. Yes. You need to follow legal procedures. Right. right. And in fact, I want to refer you to a website, um, which is it's it's for Mormons getting out of the church, the right. LDS church, because they base it in in legal terms. Right. By U.S. law. By U.S. law, not not Catholic canon law right they 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 have this all figured out and getting out of the mormon church is really easy actually at this point well fairly easy because they'll they'll give you trouble they they sometimes will try mine was was just it was a piece of cake yeah mine was too it it really was really really simple i used um the form letter that's on excuse me sorry guys Um, if we're coughing a lot we live in this in the city with the worst air in the country yeah right now it's awful during during january is a bad month for us so we're just clearing our lungs yeah it's it's just all the muck and gunk that's uh the the pm 2.5 that's up in the air yeah so um but anyways uh exmormon.org slash remove uh, I think we'll get you there. Let me just double check that. It's a it's a no, really handy do, site. They didn't do a very good job. Uh, it's slash remove HTML mm. dot HTML, mm. and I think that or HTM might get you there. There we go. So it's xmormon.org slash remove dot HTM. Right. And if you go there, this is. I mean, it is again. It is very um, very much very specific about the Mormon Church. But the the legal process and some of the things that they point out about your right to affiliate with an organization also means that you can disaffiliate at right. any point. The and fact so, is that when when you sent that letter legally, they are under obligation to remove you. Yeah. However, if they didn't do it, what you should do probably is just send another letter that just says, "I know my legal rights. Yeah. Remove me and send me word and send me and don't put any other arguments in. Yeah. It. Just make it as simple and clear as it can right. be." Because they're don't submit yourself to their authority. Right. That's what you by by using Catholic canon law, that's what you were doing is you were acknowledging their authority to determine what they were gonna do with you. Right. And you don't want to do that. They don't you have want that to authority. instead, you know, cite legal authority. Yeah. Get their attention with legal terms. Yeah. Uh and uh and you, it might go a little bit better for you. Hopefully, yeah. let us know. Yeah, we, I I'll totally be, I'd hear. be interested to hear how that goes. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, just uh, just learn your rights and then and then assert them mm-hmm. forcefully. And don't 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 go through their process. Yeah, don't mess with because the Mormons. What they'll try to do, the the bishop will try to call you in. They'll oh. try to do a court. Like, they'll if do you a let thing. Them, yeah, they have this whole production. Yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll they want to do a, a church court, and, and like, they want to sit you down in front of three men in suits and like. Yeah. 
and grill you. And they said they did send me the only thing that I got. I did get a call from the bishop, and the bishop said, uh, basically just said, "Are you this person? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are, are you? And you want to leave? Yes. Why do you want to leave?" I told him. He said, "Okay," and that was it. Yeah. Um, I think if I had if I had sounded like I was hesitating, well, mm. I don't know if it, like, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, or or I my feelings were hurt by X or blah blah blah. Yeah. It would have been court yeah. time. Yeah. It would have been, and but they did send me a brochure that said they sent me a form letter that said we're going to give you thirty days to think about it. Yeah, and the brochure uh, that said you know if you do this, all of the blessings that we've given you <laughs> are canceled. <laughs> Just done because there were so many wonderful blessings, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I was terrified. Yeah, but I went yeah. through with it anyway. <laughs> and now I don't have any blessings. Yeah, it's yeah. awful. We also got an email from Klaus in Germany. Oh, hi, Klaus. Guten Tag, Klaus. Mm. Ach ja. Und und danke für deine email. Uh, what's German for email? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he says he's enjoying the show. Um, he says it, it, it's a breath of fresh air for his from his living environment where everyone is a Protestant. Mm. Um, uh, so he's so he says importantly his family is Protestant. He says he's listened to us speaking about our separation from the Mormon Church. Mm. What tips would we give him uh, to help break the news? That he is agnostic and leaving the church. Mm. Hmm. They, and they will know that he's leaving because he's going to remove himself from paying the church tax. Oh, that's right. They do that then. Yeah. If, yeah. You, if you're a member of the church, you don't pay tithing. You get taxed by the government. Yeah, you can and, have it and then withheld it goes, automatically. Right. From your paycheck. So he's now, nice? he's now opting out of church tax. Wow. Which, congratulations, way to get a raise. <laughs> I love that. More people should come to that realization. Yeah. You, you become one of us. You get more money. Yeah. You yeah. get to keep your money. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Tips and tricks for breaking it to the family. Well, know, every family's different. Yeah. This is this is a tricky thing because there's not there's no universal easy way to do this. Yeah. I would say, and this is just from my own personal experience. Do not also come out of the closet at the same time. <laughs> don't, don't, it's don't one fell swoop. Don't destroy any hope that they have. You, you don't think? You don't think? You, you think ease <laughs> them in? Like, tear off the bandaid? Yeah, it's I, like here I am. Yeah, exactly. It does seem like like if you're gonna hit them with one blow, you might as well hit them with all the blows at the same time. <laughs> uh, do, do what you will. Combine whatever else you want to into it. No, um, I mean we get that it's so it's so hard. It's hard. Every family, you're right. Every family's different. It's this is one of those things where the you know what you need. I do recommend people come out. I yeah. do recommend that. And the but re- only know only you know your your personal situation, right? Uh, and and the record the reason that I recommend coming out is 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 there's a lot of facets to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think that for for other atheists, it's good for all of us to be out. It's good that we, that people mm-hmm. can see that we're there. Absolutely, and and agnostics, uh, we can argue about kind what a, what those words well, mean. Well, yes, but but here's the deal. Um, for your the other reason that I want people to come out is because I believe that there's value in living authentically with the people that you love. Right. And being able to say who you are and what you're about 
not in a way that's about denigrating anyone else, right. but in a way that's about this is who I am and I want to share myself with right. you and I want you to share yourself with me. Right. Um, and, and both of those are really good reasons as to why. It sounds like he's already figured yeah. out the why. Yeah. I mean, it's just – but but beyond that, where do we go? We can't – we don't know his situation. Well, I I think that the – I think I think that there, there can be some really good basic advice, which is you 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 have to be sensitive to to sort of I, I think you actually touched upon something there. Um being sensitive to their beliefs, right? Making sure right. that you're not um coming off as judgmental. Affirming your your humanity, I mm. think is really important. Saying that you you that you that you have uh that you've found um or already had good moral and ethical compasses that 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 lead your life, right? And that those don't need to come from from any kind of religious authority. I think it might not hurt. I also think that it's a good idea for you to express your feelings about that moment. Mm-hmm. I'm really scared to tell you this mm-hmm. because I'm worried about how you're going to treat me. Yeah. But I respect you enough that I want to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you can, if you know, if you can make it clear that this isn't easy for you either, yeah, and then also be open to what it means to them, and mm-hmm. be and and hear their concerns, and and yeah. you know, be willing to answer questions, be very open, yeah, and honest. I think the more honest you can be, mm-hmm. including saying things like "this scares me" or "I, you know, I don't want to lose you guys, and I'm worried that that this might." Well, uh, unless you our, do. Well, you yeah. Know. I mean, but in that, at that point, you're not that worried about it. You're not scared. Yeah, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, Klaus. I that's that's what my advice would be. That's as good as it gets from yeah. us. We're not we're not therapists. Yeah. Go, but but you know, it, be gentle, but but also know yourself. Yeah. Go in strong. Mm-hmm. You don't need to. You don't need to worry about yeah. you. You got you covered. Right. Go and go and help them through this process, and enjoy that that big <laughs> chunk of money you're going to yeah. save every month. Yeah, and if you're looking for something to do with that big <laughs> chunk of money, <laughs> just a segue. Yeah, no, no, it's a great segue, and I know exactly where you're going. We uh, proceed. We we uh, those of you who used to pay a tithe <laughs> can now use some of that money to support our little show. Yeah, not a tithe. No, We're we don't tithe. We don't want. We, no, no, no. We don't no, need ten no. percent of your income. No, no, no. This is a bargain, people. <laughs> what we're offering you is a real, sincere bargain. Yeah. Just uh, go to thankgodimatheist.com, dot com. Mm-hmm. Click on support. Yeah. And uh, you can give us a donation. Yeah. Helps it's easy. <clears throat> helps us pay for all of our expenses. Yeah. And uh, bring you this this uh, silly little thing that we do every <laughs> every week all right and then we have one more piece of correspondence and then we have to get moving along mm. um we have a voicemail from sam so let's just go ahead and play this okay hey guys it's sam from ohio and uh, i was just wondering i had a question about your favorite group of people the mormons so uh according to mormon theology and correct me if i'm wrong because the only theology of theirs that i know of is from your show the ancient Israelites are what we now know know as the uh, the Native Americans, correct? So, how do the does the LDS Church feel about if if you even know if they've even taken a stance on it about how we've you know kind of slaughtered them not to get all hippie and stuff on you, you know, not that being hippie is bad, like hippies, <laughs> but um, yeah, 
because uh, you know when we kind of came here, we took their land and the the, the pioneers and such kind of killed a bunch of them, and that was not very good, not a good part of American history. So, just wonder if you guys had any information on that topic. Um, thanks. Well, thanks, Sam. Yeah. Um, thanks a lot. And an interesting question. Yeah, an interesting question. And I'm, I don't think anybody kind of killed anyone. <laughs> I they, think there was some. They did some serious there was some, killing. There was some serious killing. The Mormons are an interesting group, though, because mm-hmm. when it comes to the Native Americans, mm-hmm. the First Nations of our land, mm. uh, if you're if going to use the the Canadian phrasing, yes, sure. Uh-huh. Um, yes, the Mormons believe that they are the descendants of. Of the bad, the on in in fairness, the bad tribe, right? The Lamanites, the Lamanites and of you, the Book of Mormon, yeah. and you will still hear <laughs> Mormons today use the term Lamanite to describe their uh, 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 Native American brothers and sisters. Yeah, in the faith. but they um, have they have an interesting history with uh, with Amer- American Indians, mm, the Mormons, mm-hmm, yeah, including a lot of uh, a, a lot of um, good. Good uh, associations when they when they when they first went west when the Mormons first went west uh-huh. they developed some uh, some alliances really with with hmm. some with some Native American tribes right <clears throat> include which which then led to and, some and and not and alliances not. yes there were some there was some fighting you know uh, and they also uh, dressed up as some Native Americans <laughs> oh, sure. during the Mountain Meadows massacre well but but and, but there were also actual Native Americans that joined them in Mountain Meadows. Hmm. You don't. I don't. I don't know the whole story. I just know about the ones that were dressing up. They. Uh, well, so the, the the Mountain Meadows massacre. Well, Anyways, let's not even delve into Mountain Meadows. That's a whole <laughs> big ball of like. No, we don't need to get there. Yeah. But, anyway. but the point is, there is a troubled history mm. in a lot of respects. Yeah. Uh, largely also for the adoption program. Yeah, we should we should quickly get into that, which yeah. was just that. Uh, I mean, and then this this is, wasn't just Mormons. This was no. a thing that was happening all over the country. Right. There but... was an assimilation program that the right. government was pushing, and the Mormons were more than happy, really hip to that jive. Yeah, yeah. So they, so you know, a they lot would... a lot of Native kids were mm-hmm. adopted into Mormon families. Right. They would remove them from their Native American families. Yeah. And uh, raise them up as good white kids in yeah. in white kid school and right. going to church and right, yeah, including Knowing my ex brother in law. That's right. So you yeah, yeah you got you got ex family in that category. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, of of course, in his adult life, he's gone back to the tribe and he's like tried to to you know reclaim his his uh, his native status and, sure well not reclaim status but, but like but just get, kind of get back, get back, to back his into his roots sure. um because you know like that's a traumatic thing people have a real connection to to commun like the those kind of ethnic communities first of all mm. but also like um you know like he wasn't he was not a tiny little kid when he was adopted out like he remembered living with his mother on the reservation, and, mm. and ended up and he went into you know um, what is it? He became a police officer on the on the oh, reservation. Oh, great! So he went back and Good did for that him. kind of stuff. There you but go. anyways, nonetheless, um, yeah, Mormons are are funny with the Native Americans. Mm. Yeah, I think that's 
it's a complicated history and i don't know that we can really go too much into it yeah i mean their entire mormon's entire religion is based on a story about american indians yeah so so yeah it's complex yeah it's complex (laughs) (laughs) lamanites anyway yeah so 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 moving on uh right along thank you sam again for that um we're gonna move on to another was, weird. Was that a thing. good? Was that a good response? I don't know. I mean, what, what the hell do we know? We didn't research it out. We're just going off of the things that we're remembering. That's what we are offering you, people. That's all, you, Sam. <laughs> just, just whatever. Just, oh, Sam, what? you have the I internet. Go ahead and up. look it up if you want. <laughs> if you want more, Google. <laughs> just Google. I don't know. But no, I mean, it's not like the Mormons talk about. Here's a here's one interesting thing. When you're raised Mormon as a child, mm-hmm. you sing this song oh. called Book of Mormon Stories. It has all these, uh, and it basically it's it got has this, this rhythm, this rhythm that is, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 <laughs> so it's it's trying to be. I mean, if you've ever been to like an an, an Indian powwow sort of thing, mm. you hear this drum beat, this boom 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 boom. Yeah, and it's and that and that's kind of the stereotypical thing, right? And then the Mormons wrote this little kid song that's that plays on that book of Mormon stories that well, it's got hand gestures. To me. We're like the all about the Lamanites. Oh, that's right. right. And, and you do the you, you do the two, two fingers, fingers feather behind, behind your behind your head. And you put your hand out in front of you mm. as to like say how how right. <laughs> I loved that song when I was growing up. Oh, it was up. so much fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> but of course, we in retrospect, now we realize that there's, not the there's a racist song. undercurrent there, but oh well. Uh, oh well. Oh. We, we enjoyed it. Oh, racism. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, moving along to, uh, uh, speaking of weird, um <laughs> We're going to go go to the the Scientologists yes. today. Fairly briefly, like I said at the at the open. Oh, um, it's just such a can of worms. It is a huge can of worms and we are not experts on this, but it was it was well, really done some fun research here to look into it this last yeah. week and to kind of spend a little bit of time trying to figure out like, well, what do we have to be really all that freaked out about? Right? Because I mean, yeah. we, we were talking just last night about potentially even going mm-hmm. to to like do one of their personality test personality test that yeah. they do right and i'm sitting and i was sitting there and i was just like no i don't want to have anything to do with this creepy creepy crawly weirdness thing because they use a lot of brainwashing tactics and i don't think i would like fall prey to it right but just to subject yourself to their methods it just feels like yeah, it's but a you weird have to be, thing to you do have to, you have to make it past that we wouldn't get to the point where they would be there. No, that's true. I mean, they would just be doing some silly, hokey little thing. But yeah. um, it's like Myers Briggs, only it's like the 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 entrance exam for <laughs> for their spirituality, right, right? So, anyways, so what kind of things did you want to talk about? With well, I don't. Know. I mean, so I wanted to start. What launched me into this idea was that there there is now a lawsuit uh, being filed uh, in California against Scientology. And this I was going to use this as just a, a story, as a as a follow-up on a story that you did. Was it last week? Yeah. <clears throat> and this, so this uh, lawsuit alleges that um, the Church of Scientology took uh, the money of, took quite a bit of money 
from uh, yeah. a guy named Luis uh, Garcia mm-hmm. and and his wife. And they uh, and and it was earmarked for specific things. So mm. so the 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 Church of Scientology said, "Hey, we're building this thing in Florida. It's a giant church, and we need a lot of money to build it." Mm. And Garcia kept giving them money for that thing, and it kept not getting built. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so now they're they're alleging that he that they've realized that they're purposefully not building it. Well, this is what the article that I brought up last week was talking about right. but like up in seattle and other right. places they're purposefully so, leaving it un, unfinished and so that they can go to everybody so that they can go to other people and say we we don't we still don't have enough money to finish this thing right and they have plenty of money to finish it but they're not doing it right um he for instance uh well they says, have plenty of money as long as they're going to use that money raised for the construction right. and that's sort of the allegation is that it's, they're not they're keeping it right the the, the so they end up the higher ups are pocketing the money. Yeah, and there was also allegations of them uh, sending out people and making phony uh, claims about doing charity work. <laughs> what? And, then, and creating phony videos of of them doing charity work and like hiring people to play victims of of natural. Why not just like take five people? I know to an actual disaster yeah. and just inflate what it is that you did just yeah. make it look like you did a lot more so than they're you did. they're alleging so they're not even like they're going to more effort in a lot of ways yeah to to to, to forge yeah but they get to keep assistance. more money if they do that if they do it that way i think <laughs> <laughs> they don't know because okay. they don't have to do anything right but yeah so so that's what they're alleging i don't know how much of it's true they claim to have interviewed lots of people who were intimately involved in all of it oh my goodness and they're expecting and they expect this to become a class action suit they expect oh, more people, other to people to join in join in on the suit wow. huh uh so i thought you know what that's that's those are some serious charges yeah we should uh look into what what is this thing called scientology well and the other thing that i think is really interesting um is when, is to think about it as a religious movement, mm. right? And and to say because because that's one, not one, how it started. No, it's not. But but um, in fact, turning it into a religion was kind of it, it seems to have been a solution to a problem that they were running into <laughs> with like taxes and whatnot. But anyways, um, but but to, to to consider it as a religious movement and to consider it as a religious movement in the 20th century mm. and because one of the problems that this just tying it into mormonism um one of the problems that mormonism obviously has is that it it's it it's been rising up in a modern era mm. and so the changes that have taken place some of the indiscretions of Joseph Smith they're a lot harder to hide than than sort of any other groups right rise right like the rise of christianity what did it really look like well nobody really knows sure right um it's 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 mired in in history and different accounts of history and whatnot right and so so but to have something that started in what 1953 i think is when when scientology officially organized as a religion as a a church yeah um it 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 puts it into full in uh, under the microscope of of sort of the modern era and our mm. ability to just to know what really was happening and to see it and to examine it in a very different way. And so I think it's really interesting to look at on on that perspective. 
So let's let's give a little quick history. Yes. We start with a guy named Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. L, L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard. Mm-hmm. But I don't like saying people. I don't know why people's initials are important. He's just Ron Hubbard. You went by Frank Ron. Frank H. Feldman. Nobody calls you that. <laughs> In fact, I intentionally <laughs> avoid the H. Everybody should call me Daniel H. M. Beecher. Mm, I got they two. They should. I've got two of them. Yeah, they anyway, should. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so uh, we've got Ron Hubbard who writes a book called Dianetics. Mm. Did you do any? You you, I you looked, looked at into, Dianetics into a Dianetics. little bit. Yeah, talk about Dianetics. Well, okay. Um, Dianetics was his. <sighs> it, it's it, self help. It, it's self help. Um, Dianetics. I guess one of the, the the hallmarks of it is is that they they're they're trying to do sort of uh, kind of pseudo therapy. It's a pseudo science of kind of fixing your mind, fixing mm. your your life through mm-hmm. these these exercises, which they call um, audits, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they div- it divides the mind into three parts. So you have your analytical mind, you have your reactive mind, and you have your somatic mind. Um, the analytical mind is, is your consciousness, right. right? Um, your subconscious is the reactive, right? And you're trying to, if I remember right, you're trying to suppress the reactive mind. Mm, right. Right. You're trying to, and, and this is all done through these audit sessions where you, um, I actually, I found a transcript of how they work. Um, it's like a guided thing, right? Yeah. It's guided. It's always done with two and you have somebody sitting across from you and you, um, so you have your auditor and you have your pre-clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your pre-clear is the person who's going through the whole thing. This thing is just full of weird terminology, right? right? Um, to kind of give it the sense that it's this thing that you're doing and blah. And the reason that you're called a pre-clear is that once you've audited enough, you become clear. Yes, Exactly. Um, and so anyways, um, there's this whole thing of like giving up your, they, 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 they sort of plant this idea that anything that the auditor might unintentionally plant in your mind needs to be canceled Mm. during this session. Mm. And so the, the first thing, um, he says, or the, the, the pre-clear is instructed to close his eyes for the session, entering into a state of dianetic reverie mm. uh, signaled by a tremble of the lashes <laughs> during the session um oh no, no wait what i'm sorry i was meant to be reading the next step uh the auditor installs a canceller okay an instruction intended to absolutely cancel any form of positive suggestion that could accidentally occur this is done by saying in the future when i utter the word canceled everything i've said to you while you are in a therapy session will be canceled and will have no force with you any suggestion I may have made to you will be without force, and I will say the word canceled. Do you understand? This is hypnosis. Basically, yeah. They say that it is not hypnosis, but there's all of this sort of suggestion that's going on. Anyway, so it goes through this sort of question and answer thing. Not question and answer, um, prompt and mm-hmm. response, I right. guess, more than anything. So the auditor will ask the pre-clear to, um, to say something that happened in their past that they feel comfortably facing. Mm, right? Yeah. And then they go through this whole little back and forth. Did you see the master? No. 
because the master has a couple of these sessions in it mm. where um, it's not specifically supposed to it's be not supposed to be Scientology. But now, having done a little bit more research into Scientology, totally I can tell is. you it's absolutely Scientology. Right. It's really clear. There's just too much in it. Um, Did they use e-meters? No, there wasn't anything like that that I recall seeing. Um, but um, when Joaquin Phoenix is in these sessions with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's mm. playing sort of the L. Ron Hubbard character, um, he they they go through this little prompt and answer, and it's it's it, it seems to be very very um, a very primitive form of whatever it's turned into, right? Right, this very set thing, and it seems to be more of a thing that L. Ron Hubbard. Well, again, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is just sort of playing around with at the time right. that he's trying to figure out as well. Um, but it's really, really fascinating to see, like, because it, it again, this whole going through this whole audit process, which takes like two hours typically, it's a, a typical audit session. The the pre clear will um, sort of feel this sort of release and this elation at the mm. end of the session they'll feel very positive and all this like this surge of really positive energy yeah and um and that's something that you see in this movie joaquin phoenix at the end of th these sessions is just like he's just like kind of giddy yeah um and not that it helps him much right of course well, <laughs> of course well and film. here's the thing though there's enough real thrown in with this kooky mm-hmm to have an effect. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you're gonna feel something. You're gonna have if if you really submit yourself to this, mm -hmm. something's gonna happen inside of you. Yeah. Which to me is 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 you know that that would be why people would stick with it. Yeah. Anyways, um, I guess, and it's not the only country that's had issues with um, Scientology, but I guess back in the I think it was the '60s, the Australian government. Um, took made efforts to keep Scientology out. I don't know what officially happened with that, but one of the grounds that they were using is that that this is hypnosis, mm. and that people are being brainwashed, and this is not a religion. It's pretty. It's. I mean, it is brainwashing. Oh yeah. I no, mean, I mean, they, there's no doubt about it. Although you know, it's is it more? The question is, is it sinister? You know what I mean? Like that's what comes up. Are they doing something evil? No, yeah, that's a, that's looking at the fruit. And, and I I yeah. don't know. I, yeah. But here's the thing: we know that they have done some really well questionable stuff. I I you know again they're alle only allegations at the moment, right? But I would say that it is sinister to bilk people out of their money. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. they're using the this apparatus. And who knows how long it's been intentionally being used or how intentionally it's being used and how right. what's even going on in the minds of these people who are doing the bilking. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, they are just sapping people for all the money that they can possibly get out of them. Well, and they, you hear the sums of money that some of these people have given. Oh, yeah. Hundreds they, of thousands of dollars. Millions. Yeah. Like, here's, obviously, these are people of more of higher means, but sure. still. Here's the thing. That's a lot of money to have given to an, an organization. Right. Especially if they're not using it in the way that you right. have if, specifically if earmarked If they're it. using it the way that you've said for it to be used, well, all right, you've sort of entered into an agreement that's being upheld. Right. But if they're just but, keeping it. Yeah. That sucks. Which it sounds like. But here, here's the thing. Be. Back in the, uh, in the 70s, mm -hmm. they did some stuff, and even later... They did some stuff that was they were convicted of that what? was that was really really sketchy. Like stuff. who? Like Scientologists or Scientology? The Church of Scientology. 
um, they had an operation. Uh, they had an office of, uh, they called it the Guardian's Office, which is now called the Office of Special Affairs mm. within their church, mm. which engaged in what they called Operation Snow White. Mm. That sounds that sounds nice. Yeah. Here's what they did. They infiltrated several American government, U.S. government agencies. Mm. They stole documents, like, by the, by the hundreds. Mm-hmm. They stole all sorts of secret information. Mm. They were keeping tabs. They had a spy agency. My God. Like, like seriously, they were engaging in... They had uh, transmitters, lockpicks, secret codes, <laughs> forged credentials. Like, they were really... They were serious. So, you know, I... We'll get into... I think we should do... We should do a two-parter. We're going to do a two-parter We do need one. to call it... We need, we need to we need to wrap this one up. Yeah. So um, so we let us tantalize you with that. There's more. There's evil more about doing. Scientology. There's more evil doing to report on. Yeah. So I'm gonna. We'll get into that. If, if you guys like this, we'll keep going. Yeah. So and if any of you have any um, affiliations or former experience with Scientology, we'd love to hear about it. We would. Absolutely. So uh, the way you do that is you contact us by uh, you can you can email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442, or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Yeah. So thanks for listening. There you guys. go. Well we, we more to come. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. See you guys. Bye bye.